Welcome in everyone to another fantasy football five takeaways video giving you five takeaways from the previous week. As always, if you like my content, make sure to leave a like, a comment on the video, and subscribe to the channel. With that said, let's jump in to takeaway number one. Bijan Robinson uh, vanished this week, as you can see on the thumbnail. <laughs> he was a little sick. <laughs> Some sort of mysterious illness that Arthur Smith conveniently didn't tell us about before the week started. He had one carry for three yards on the final drive. He was healthy enough to play on the final drive with the game on the line, game tied, but didn't play before that. Very strange. I'm not quite buying Arthur Smith's explanation, but with that said, Tyler Algier had 21 carries for 59 yards, three catches for 53. Cordell Patterson, 10 carries for 56 yards. I, I don't know if you can trust Bijan Robinson next week. I mean, you probably have to. He's not going to be in my RB1 range, but I'm probably still going to start him if he's active. But I know I'm going to get a lot of questions. Oh, should I trade Bijan Robinson for this? Should I trade him for that? The answer is probably no. It's one game, an aberration. Hopefully, that's what it is. He was getting 18 touches per game before this one. So it's not like he wasn't involved. I see a lot of people on Twitter taking victory laps. Oh, I knew Bijan Robinson wasn't. There's no victory lap to take. He was getting great usage. I mean, one of the best usages off the bat for a rookie running back because he was consistently involved from week one. So we'll see. But more than anything, it just pissed me off. Let's move on to takeaway number two. <laughs> We finally got the Todd Munkin new offense. Lamar Jackson carried the Ravens, not on the ground, but through the air. He had 353 passing yards and three touchdowns, 21 of 27. He also added a rushing touchdown with 36 rushing yards. They beat the Lions. They crushed them, 38 to 6. Now, some people are going to say, well, Todd Munkin, everything has changed. Let's pump the brakes on that a tiny bit. It was Lamar Jackson's first game with more than 237 passing yards all year. So I hope this is the start of something new. Now, unfortunately, Gus Edwards had an 80-yard catch. So that kind of took away about a third of the passing, or a third, 25% of the passing yards went to Gus Edwards on that one play. So the receivers didn't have the huge games that you would think. Say Flowers, nice day for four, four for 75 on six targets. Mark Andrews caught two touchdowns. OBJ actually led with seven targets, but essentially they benched some guys with a game out of hand. Andrews and Flowers played every snap. They're every down players. They're the top two weapons. Odell Beckham was next, 57%. He's their wide receiver too right now. And then everyone else kind of mixed in. They mixed in Patrick Ricard, their other tight ends. Nelson Aguilar caught a touchdown, which was also frustrating. Rashad Bateman played a little less than half the snaps. Everyone else mixed in, but... OBJ, maybe, if this is going to be the norm, maybe OBJ will be a desperation wide receiver four instead of the wide receiver six I had him ranked at this week. All things considered, though, I love to see it for Lamar Jackson, and I hope this is the start of a trend. Let's talk about Dalton Kincaid, speaking about starts of trends. He'd been kind of getting good usage all year, but he came back from the concussion this week, and he delivered. Eight for 75, caught all eight targets. He delivered finally actually delivered a fantasy-relevant performance. He hadn't really done that yet. Dawson Knox played similar snaps, but just had one catch for 10 yards. When they were passing, Dalton Kincaid was almost always in. When they were running, 
Dawson Knox was almost always in. So I think that they see Dalton Kincaid as a receiver. He, I believe, got like blown up on a block, if I remember that correctly. Dalton Kincaid, you didn't draft him to block. He's not good at it. Dawson Knox is a better blocker than Dalton Kincaid. I think everyone would agree on that. So they're starting to get Dalton Kincaid more involved as a receiver. We see Gabe Davis, not it. And I think next week we see that 63% snap share he was on maybe go up to like 80. Because he was up there earlier in the season at points. But I think just seeing that this upside is there, an eight-target game, eight receptions at tight end is a lot. I think that means he is a in the tight end one range moving forward. Maybe low end for now until we see a trend. But he's a must-start tight end in most formats. Speaking of rookies breaking out, takeaway four, Jackson Smith and Jigba. He broke out, and I'm proud. Four, 63, and one on seven targets. It wasn't the monster day it was looking like because his first catch was the touchdown, but he did something good. Pete Carroll said that he was finally now healthy from the wrist injury. The cast came off. So I think that was what was holding him back. They weren't so confident in his usage. Um, I do think that it's also important to point out Jake Bobo had four for 61 and a touchdown, five targets, including an incredible catch. He's probably a must-add in most dynasty formats, especially deeper ones. But the thing is, DK Metcalf was missing this week, and he was missing from the offense. He's averaging 67 yards a game. It's better yardage rate uh, per game than three of his four previous years. He's not a fantasy wide receiver one anymore. I think we have to accept that about DK Metcalf. Jackson Smith and Jigba is probably going to destroy that upside just because it's split to the targets are split among now three players. But DK Metcalf, when he comes back, is the wide receiver one on this team. Not a wide receiver one for fantasy, but the wide receiver one on this team. However, it is important to note that there has been a decline from Tyler Lockett. He's averaging just four and a half catches and 48.2 yards per game. Now, those are not horrible numbers, but the yards are his worst mark since 2017. Receptions, the worst since 2018. So... He's 31 years old. He's in decline. It's fair to say that. He is in decline. And if you told me that by week 11, Jackson Smith and Jigbo was ranked weekly ahead of Tyler Lockett, I would believe you. I think that that's possible. For next week, assuming DK Metcalf comes back, I think I'll still have it Metcalf clear one, Lockett probably two in like the wide receiver three range, and then JSN also kind of in the lower end wide receiver three range. Last takeaway, speaking of frustrating things, <laughs> Amari DiMarcado was a workhorse one week too late. <laughs> one week too late. Last week, 43% of snaps, two carries for 11 yards, one catch for six yards, played behind Damian Williams and Keontae Ingram. Everyone dropped him. Now this week, he didn't have a great fantasy day because he didn't score, but he played 80% of snaps, 13 carries and four catches, totaled 75 yards. He was a fine play. Keontae Ingram didn't play. No snaps at all. Damian Williams served as the backup. So I don't know what the takeaway is. Maybe next week, Keontae Ingram will be the starter. For now, I guess you have to trust that DiMarcado will be the starter moving forward. But you just have to understand that this Cardinals backfield is risky until James Conner gets back. You can't trust anyone. Nobody's going to be inside the top 25. I don't care about the matchup. You got to understand that there's risk. But for now, of course, when no one played him, DiMercato was a workhorse. 
So those were my five takeaways from this week. I also want to get into a few Patreon questions. And if you want to sign up for the Patreon, the link is in the top right corner of this video. You can click on it. It's also in the show description below. I'll also have it in a comment. And additionally, patreon.com slash fantasy advice, seven day free trials available at all tiers. And all patrons get to ask questions in advance for the show. Let's jump into question one. What's the outlook on Josh Downs? Is his early success sustainable or fluky? Okay, so it's been kind of up and down. He had a really big day. I believe he had like 130, 125 yards, but it was only on six targets. I don't know if Gardner Minshew is going to have this kind of day every week. Michael Pittman had 14 targets last week and Josh Downs barely existed. I do think that Michael Pittman is the one and Josh Downs is the two. On weeks where the two big passing weeks, I think Josh Downs will be okay. If the volume is smaller, I think Michael Pittman is still a lot more reliable than Josh Downs. So I think he's shown talent, though. And situations change. I don't know what it will be like with Anthony Richardson, uh, who's out for the year. But it is clear that Josh Downs is a talented player and has dynasty value. That much for sure. Do you think Jameer Gibbs earned more workload even when Monty comes back after his performance yesterday? I'm not doing this again. I'm not doing this again. I'm going to assume, until I see otherwise, that when David Montgomery comes back, he will be the starter and he will get the majority of the work. That will be what I will assume until I see that that does not happen. But what I did like here is that Jameer Gibbs showed he played an 87% snap share. He showed that if he is the starter in this role. He can handle a full workhorse role. He did very well. He was targeted, I believe, 10 times in the passing game. He also had carries. Great game overall. 20 opportunities, I think. Nine receptions, 11 carries. So he had a great game. So he showed he can do it, which is the first step. Now let's see what happens when Montgomery comes back. I'm not going to say that he earned more, though, because Dan Campbell seems to think otherwise. And yeah, similarly, you can... Gibbs is an RB1 when Montgomery is out. Now, I think we can say that, especially in PPR. If Montgomery is in, I think Gibbs is more of a, you know, a a low-end RB2 in PPR and in in half PPR, maybe a high-end RB3, more like that kind of range. Is Mac Jones a buy low? Um, Well, I mean, he had one of the best games of the year. I believe he was 25 for 30 and he beat the Bills and, and he had a good game. He was good. 25 for 30, 272, and two touchdowns. He played well. There's no saying that it was lucky. I think Mac Jones is one of the best 32 quarterbacks on planet Earth. I do. I think he should be a starting quarterback in the NFL. I do. I think he will be probably a starting quarterback for someone next year. This win makes it a lot more likely he'll be the Patriots' starting quarterback. Because they're probably already pushed themselves out of Caleb Williams. And I don't know if they're even going to be second to last for Drake May. And anyone else, I'm not sure, is good enough to kick Mac Jones to the curb. So, yes, he's a buy low. But in Superflex, I'm not paying a first for Mac Jones. If I can get him for a second, I think I would do it. But it would be, I'm not really willing to pay much more. I just don't see any upside. I think he's a starting quarterback. But unless he becomes the 49ers starting quarterback, which is not going to happen. He has to be in like a perfect system to be more than a mid quarterback two for fantasy. Better for real life than for fantasy, in my opinion, on Mac Jones. 
Thoughts on the Bears with Tyson Bajan at quarterback. So I did actually have a few thoughts on the Bears. My main thought was that Tyson Bajan looked fine. He only threw 162 passing yards in 29 attempts, which is not good. But he did take care of the ball. He did take three carries for 24 yards. They ran their offense through Deonta Foreman. But the main takeaway is that DJ Moore is the one, no matter who the quarterback is. He had nine targets, eight for 54. With Justin Fields, I think DJ Moore is a low-end one. With Tyson Bajan, DJ Moore is a middling to low-end two. Wide receiver two. But the main change was that Darnell Mooney, not Cole Komet, was the secondary target. Darnell Mooney had, I believe he had five, uh, four targets, caught all four of them for 32 yards. Cole Komet, no targets at all. So with Tyson Bajan in, Cole Komet, not startable. Darnell Mooney is like, you know, a low-end four, maybe a high-end wide receiver five, but better than he was before. So that, that's the change with Bajan at quarterback. And he does show an affinity for Tyler Scott, who should be on rosters in all dynasty leagues, the Bears rookie fourth-round pick. Last question. Is JT finally here? Is the return real? So he still split time with Zach Moss, but Jonathan Taylor had 18 carries for 75 yards and touchdown and three for 45. He was more effective on the ground than Moss. I think this was the week we're ramping up. We had everything Moss, mostly Moss. Now we got to 50-50. I think next week we get to mostly Taylor. I think next week Taylor is the starter. Taylor gets the majority of work. It's 60-40 in Taylor's favor. Whereas this week, the opportunities were basically 50-50. So I do think he's back. I think that he he looked excellent in this game. Shifty. He looked like the old Jonathan Taylor. So in terms of talent, I think he's back. He has the contract extension. And I think next week, he gets the majority of work over Moss for the first time. 60-40, 65-35 kind of split. But Zach Moss is not going away. Zach Moss is going to continue to exist. So I do think Jonathan Taylor is more of a you know, low-end RB1 uh, until we see that he's getting all the work instead of just the majority of work. I appreciate everyone for watching this video. Uh, thanks to the patrons for asking all of the questions. And you can sign up in that link at the top right corner in the show comments. And uh, make sure to like, comment, and of course, subscribe to the channel if you like this content. And until next time, I will see you all later. Peace out.